Welcome to the Human Being Unleashed podcast, where we redefine, realign, and reimagine what it means to be human so that you can live a life with the health, wealth, and relationships that are inherently yours. Parker, you're coming in at a wonderful time. Welcome to another nice. episode of the Human Being Unleashed. This man Ooh. is really the epitome of that. And everything that he stands for is some of the most beautiful things. And I just, I was, before we dive into this, I just want to say personally, before we jumped on here, me and Parker were chatting for a second. And I was just like personally thanking him because at the time me and him just, you know, started, we reconnected again. This conversation me and him had is what led me to wanting to bring them on here because I feel like this is not talked about enough. So uh, with that all being said, I'm sitting here with a good friend of mine named Parker J. He is a mentor and I really don't want to sit here and demolish this guy's bio because I feel like no words can really do what he does justice. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start here. I genuinely believe that some of the best ways for us to learn as human beings and Parker, I can imagine that you agree as well as through story. So one of the most one of the things that really interests me whenever I meet people like you is what was it that even got you doing what you're doing? I know it's a loaded question to start with, but how did it all start <laughs> and how did you get to where you're at in this current thing? Oh that you're doing? my goodness, man. Wow. I know. Bro. First of all, I just want to say, I appreciate you, man. It was so cool to have that conversation with you. And then for you to turn around and message me, not that long after you're like, yeah, I made these decisions and I changed that. And it's like, it's so cool to see that, like to have a conversation and to see somebody take action on it. And just a few things I said in passing and you just ran with it. That was so, so cool to see. And I appreciate you. big Absolutely, time, man. Absolutely. It, it, it was crazy, bro. Literally just that conversation. And I remember I asked you a question and you gave me an answer I did not want, but it was like the answer I needed a hundred percent. I'm curious. What was that that stood out for you that you didn't want to hear? Well, I didn't want to hear that. I was uncertain with myself at that time mm. because when so the conversation I had with Parker just to like let everybody in was I you know had this new business offer basically a new business idea and I was like I think this thing may be pretty good and I was like yo Parker you know so I got this idea man and um what do you think is this a good idea or not he was like well like, I don't know. And he was all like, why are you like asking me that? And then the way that you answered the question was you basically got what I was feeling that I didn't want to put into words. And you basically said it. You're like, I, you know, it wasn't a yes or no answer. It was like, are you sure this is what you want to do? Or why do you seem uncertain right now? And that it just basically called out what I was feeling. And that's what made me really take our conversation into like serious consideration after me and you had talked about that um, shadow work. And that's what introduced me yeah, to man. You were the first person who introduced me to that. So yeah. <laughs> that makes me so happy because I think so often we are, we're running a million miles an hour. And I talk about this so, so much. It's, and this is this back to my story. It's like, it depends how far back we want to go into my story, but I think but a big is part necessary. of my story has looked like has been climbing the ladder of success. When I was four years old, I was molested. And I think from that moment, 
I made a decision that, first of all, I felt defective internally. And I made the decision that I was going to prove that I wasn't by being perfect. Mm. I was going to prove that I wasn't defective by being perfect. What did perfect look like? Let's, let's be successful. Let's make money. Let's, let's get in shape. Let's travel the world. Let's have an eight-figure business. Let's do all these things. And I had a facade of success and I was left internally bankrupt because I had gotten really, really good at climbing the ladder of success, but it was a leaning against the wrong wall and it was sitting on a sinking foundation. It doesn't matter how fast you climb. If you're building it on the wrong foundation, if you're climbing a ladder leaning against the wrong wall, if you are have a facade of success instead of true internal wealth, man, it just, it doesn't matter what you're going after. It doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. And that is really what you, um, this entire conversation is going because I know that you're, what you're doing now is not your first business. Like you said, you've been climbing this, like your story was climbing the ladder of success. So what was that first business for you? And when did you have the realization that you were probably climbing the wrong ladder in the first place? Yeah, man. So I had gone through and it was such a journey. I mean, like from age four till probably 13, I was, I was super introverted. I like, I, I'm, I would still consider myself like an introvert in some ways. Like I like, I like my me time for sure, but mm -hmm. I was just uncomfortable around people. And I remember at I think, well, I was just about 13. I think I was actually 12. And it was the first time I drank alcohol because I, I got bullied. I was, mm. I was introverted. I was uncomfortable around people from like four till about 12. And then I started drinking alcohol at about 12, 13 years old. And I remember I finally could relax. I could finally like be myself for a moment. And obviously I was getting that from the wrong source. I was getting it from a decreasing marginal return source. And that led to, well, I was hooked on the feeling of finally being able to relax and be myself again for a second, finally like let go of that tight grip of control and release. That mm. felt good, but I was getting it from something external. And I got hooked on the feeling of being myself. I got hooked on feeling authentic. I got hooked on feeling like I could be uninhibited, but I was doing it through an exogenous means. I was doing it through external means. So I got hooked on drinking and partying and one drink wasn't enough anymore than I needed five. Five wasn't enough than I needed 10. 10 wasn't enough than I needed 20. 20 wasn't enough than I needed drugs and drugs weren't enough. I needed drugs and women and alcohol and everything to try to plug this hole of I am leaking something is leaking within me. And there was a big hole. And this kind of ties back to your question of how did I get started in business? Well, both my parents were entrepreneurs. I'm super, super grateful for so many things that they've led me to in my life. My parents are amazing people and they're both entrepreneurs. And I knew from like, I remember taking a, pro a school project in like grade seven, they were asking what I want to do. It was like, and I knew from that moment, that was the first business I started, that I wanted to be a real estate developer. I wanted to get into real estate. I, my father was in real estate. I, was, I remember driving around like five years old where I was looking at real estate deals. So at 18 years old, I started getting into real estate. And it's really interesting because in my head, this is what I was supposed to do because that was my obvious path to success. Mm -hmm. 
I had never actually stopped till at that point in my life. And I still didn't do this for a long, long time from, from 18. I had never actually stopped to ask, what do I want? What am I passionate about? What lights me up? What am I, what brings me joy? Where are my unique talents and abilities? Where do I actually want to do? And it was like, no, here's this path of success. You're dark, you already got a head start. Your father's in real estate. You should head down this path. So oh. that's, the, that's the path I was running at all the way through. And I was way too blind to see it because at that time when I started, I was still very much in the phase of drugs, alcohol, party. How can I feel uninhibited and feel truly myself for a moment? But when I go back to day to day, I'm just going to put my head down and do, I'm going to get great grades in school. I'm going to start a business at 18 years old. I'm going to be perfect or at least what I thought was perfect so I can get to the top of success. And the true me is leaking out on the weekends through means of partying. Now, so that's where you, I got started. Really quick. When you say the true me is leaking out, I, I have an idea of what you mean by that. Can you elaborate? I think that's a great question because I don't mean the true me was needed drugs and alcohol. Yeah. I mean, there was a true me and this Senate talks, goes, starts going into the shadow. There is when we are not living in alignment, when we are not clear and clean mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, we end up chasing after things, relationships, businesses, money, um, even things within those categories, like getting in shape or work or whatever that is. There is something we get chasing, 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 and we can create success. Sure. Like I'm going to air quote it success. And if you get success while compromising alignment, it will start leaking out in other ways. So the true me was hiding and was in pain and didn't feel like he was expressing himself in his normal life. The only way I could feel like I expressed myself was the temporary few hours that I wasn't sober. So I got hooked on that temporary fle fleeting feeling of I can let loose and actually stop being this facade of who I'm trying to be ah. and just be me. And me was in a lot of pain. Me was not happy, but at least, and it's this weird paradox of that's what happens when me is not happy and in a lot of pain. I need, I can only let him out when I'm not sober. I can only let him out when I'm not actually myself because I'm too afraid of what it would mean to actually be me in my real life. Because then I would have to face my emotions. I was, man, if you talk to me back then, I, sh I should, I'll, uh, I'll show you a video sometime, man. I got, Dude, yes. <laughs> I got, I, I am not the same person. I was literally like a robot. I was living from the neck up. It's completely trapped in my mind. I was the most analytical, left-brained, uptight. People actually, people often came, thought I came off as very, very like conceited or like full of myself. And honestly, like, what that was, was I was so stuck in my head. I was so worried that they might judge me that I was like this rigid. And I, and that was my protective mechanism of, of oh, I'm going to try to impress you. And, uh, oh man, I can't believe I lived like that. Yeah, for I'm, so I'm, long. I'm, I'm like saying, like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, from just, <laughs> I, I've only known you for like a little bit over a year and I could have never imagined because the first time we met, you never came off like that. So it's, yes. And so what you're saying is that true self was that natural expression of energy that natural expression that you just were afraid of feeling in some way. Is that what you're saying or? 
Well, I didn't think I knew how to feel it. I think we have a natural expression to feel that way, but I had so many reasons, so many masks and layers and facades of I'm successful. I'm afraid of feeling my emotions. I have habits and routines that are repressing those further down. Like that's what the alcohol or drugs is doing. It's like, it lets out a side of you, but represses further down, numbs out your actual emotions, your actual feelings. And it's this weird thing of like, it wasn't the true me. It felt like the true me is maybe a better, even better mm, way of phrasing okay. that. Is, so the true Makes me- perfect sense. And this is and one thing, everything I talk about when I'm talking about these categories is like, it's imperfect language and it's also paradoxical. It's like, we're talking about things that are very hard for our left brain to comprehend. Yeah, don't put so so don't about cling on to the words, in other words. Exactly, do not cling on to the words because in a sense, that was the true me trying to escape, but it was getting stuffed down by another side of me that was like wearing a mask and it felt like it could only express itself this way and felt like some level of in inhibition but also felt, or so, rather, it felt some level of being able to let go of its inhibition yep. mm -hmm. temporarily, but meanwhile was also doing something to shove down the real, real me that could have done that without drugs and alcohol, that could have done that without having to run away, that could have done that in his business, that could have started a business that what he actually wanted to do. But that's okay. So I'll kind of keep going with my story. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Or actually, if you got a question, hop in. Well, I, I mean, the question was probably going to keep you going on your story because my question was, you said, uh, you know, you didn't, you know, like stop to ask yourself for a while what you really wanted, what you really yes. like truly desired. And I'm curious as to how long this phase of life that you're telling me about, how long did that go to? And like, when was that moment for you? Yeah, man. And it, there were different iterations. I think a lot of the time we learn lessons kind of like a spiral staircase. We learn the same okay. lesson at a, at a higher level, at a higher level, at a higher level, at a higher level. So there were different moments of realization of deeper clarity of what I really wanted. There was a version of me coming out of high school that, again, I had, I did great in high school. I, I, part of me thought I was supposed to be a doctor because that, that's successful. And I had the marks to do it. So and I ended up making the decision to go to business school instead because that was more authentic. So okay. I came, so, so I'm do it, taking business school, got, got my real estate development company, I'm building houses and it's not making me any money. Like it's like, it's, I'm doing it because I'm, and, but I'm not really all in because I'm not really all there on it. I'm again, it's mostly, or a big percentage of it is from a supposed to, not a, not a want to, but I'm a supposed to do this. Because mm. if I, if I do what I'm supposed to, then I'll be successful. And if I'm successful, then I'm perfect. And if I'm perfect, I'm not defective. I promise. Please believe me. But it wasn't the truth. I felt that way inside instead of actually facing and healing and actually doing the work to get aligned. And I was running from it for a long, long time. So that was one of the next iterations. From there, real estate was never really making me any money, I remember. And I was never really all in on it. There came a moment I was, uh, I ultimately when I graduated from college, I ended up going, uh, working at managing a restaurant and the, the restaurant was failing. And I came in and it was like, basically you come turn this place around or we're gonna have to shut its doors. 
And okay. I remember I came in and it was another, you got a, you got a question on that? No, no, go ahead. I'm just saying, okay. okay. And, you know, it was so interesting because it was another compromise of what I really wanted. I knew I didn't really want to do that. It didn't feel aligned, but I needed money. It was a good opportunity for a 23-year-old kid to be running this restaurant. I also like, it, they were going to pay me based on profit, basically. So I could work, oh. work as much or as little as I want. And I just got to come in and I get paid based on if I can create results. And I ended up turning that restaurant around. It went from losing 200 grand a year to making 200 grand a year. And I was only working five or 10 hours a week doing it by the end. So it was like great gig oh, wow. for, a, for like a 24-year-old to be, ma- be making some good money working part-time. And internally, I felt depleted. I felt bankrupt because it wasn't authentically me. So what did I do? I finally woke up and quit that. I I stopped the job and it was, and how I ended up in that job was back to my father being an entrepreneur. He was actually one fifth owner of the restaurant along with a bunch of other guys. That's how I ended up in that role. So I had to go back to this man who I've been, and this is another big part of my story is I think there were many moments in my childhood that, and it's, and it's amazing how, how we get programmed in. And it's like, even now, as a grown man, there's, there's, there's a little boy part inside of me that still has pain around this. Isn't this amazing? And if you're not aware of that, that can run your life into the ground, into the walls, off cliffs. But I remember- They're not aware of what? I want to make sure they caught that. If they're not aware of what? You're not aware that you have parts of you that are, that is a little boy or a little girl inside that still hurt from the things that happened. Oh boy, we can- and this is how I was running because here's another belief that I adopted. And, and a lot of these aren't even necessarily true. Was it true that I was defective just because I was molested? No, no. no. Was it, here, here's another one that, and, it, and they don't all have to be extreme like being molested. And when I was, uh, I don't know, late, like seven, eight years old, I was playing sports and my father was challenging me to be better at the sports I was playing hockey baseball he played these sports he was taking me out to practice he'd take me out to the park take me out play pond hockey on the lake and we do these things and he'd be challenging me to practice and get better and what an amazing thing to have a father who's investing his time in helping you get better at the sports you're playing like what an amazing thing but part of me knew that was good and then part of me felt like I'm not loved because dad doesn't like me the way I am because I'm not as good as he wants me to be. Ah. Ah. So I have this thing, this inner child that if I'm not paying attention is trying to prove he's enough to his father. So there's another reason. Oh, if I'm, if I'm successful, then dad'll love me. If I'm successful, then I'm not defective. And there's all these different layers of running after it. So imagine here now I'm at this restaurant and I am successful at it, but I'm hating it internally. I am not aligned at all. I am not doing what I'm meant to be doing. And I have to have this conversation with my father. And I remember we had a, him and I were at a, like a challenging place in our relationship. I'm so grateful of where, for where it's gone because of these tough conversations. But I, I remember like there were a lot of tears involved in like, because I had so much emotion and pent up because again, I had, I didn't know there was these parts of me that were hurting inside. I didn't know that there was 
parts of me that were completely running their life out of a facade, out of trying to prove something. I was completely unaligned. I was not clear. I was not connected. I was not healthy. And I went to have this and I was finally making some decisions. And again, here's another loop on the spiral staircase of I am going to make the decision of I want to quit. I want to go full time on my real estate and I'm, and I'm going to actually make some money at it this time. I'm not just going to play around. I'm not, not going to take a side job. I'm going all in on that. And that's when I ended up going into. So I have that conversation with my father. Get out of the get out of the restaurant game and went full time in commercial real estate, which is one of the businesses I own now. Okay, huh? Now, when you one of the things I think we should kind of just um, focus this conversation on right now is yeah, the inner part of yourself that you felt like you didn't even know that you had, right? So. <laughs> How did you go about personally, one, discovering these parts of yourself? And then two, how did you release that part of yourself or heal that part of yourself? Whatever word we're going to use for that. But yeah. mm. it's a good question, man. And I think it is an ongoing process. It's not done. It's never done. There is a awareness that you get distance from it. And I'm separating my hands. If you're not watching this on video, it's like you're getting distance from it. I think you, I think often we think we are these parts of ourselves, and they come on and they take over and there is a series and there's so many practices. And, and, and we talked about this with like you and I talked about this on our previous call is about being clean and clear and aligned mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, because if we are not clean and clear and aligned, we cannot see when these parts are taking over and we end up showing up as them. Oh, okay. Hmm. So when you have the clarity, right? When you're clear in yourself, you're able to be aware enough to catch these parts as opposed to them catching you. And like, that's, kind a, of that's a good way of putting it because we can either pay attention and say, oh, look, isn't that cute that there's a seven-year-old boy that needs some love and is trying to prove he's enough by having an eight-figure real estate business. Isn't that cute? And let's give ourselves some love. Or we can be busy. Hey, eight figures isn't enough. I need nine figures. No, I got to hit a billion. Then I'll be happy. And then here's the, where the really, these things are sneaky, man. Next thing you know, oh, I'm going to do a billion-dollar business and I'm going to donate all this money. And it's all driven out of pain, not, not love, but pain and pain is a bad seed and a bad seed will never bear good fruit. And it can come off and it gets sly and sneaky. And it's, I'm doing this cause I want to change the world. It's like, well, let's get honest. If you're truly in pain and you haven't faced the stuff because you're not clean and clear and aligned, then you probably aren't building it out of that, out of a true Honor, and you can do these honorable things, these noble things, these beautiful things from birth from a source of pain. And it's, oh man, that, that's where I got into. And that's, and it's, oh man, it's so, it's so crazy. So I, I kept going with the real estate business and then I got into personal development. I remember there was like this wake up moment of, okay, I'm, I'm off. I, I was at the Coachella music festival and I am like going hog wild out there, man. It looked like Wolf of Wall Street, drugs, uh -huh. alcohol, women, the, the whole nine yards. 
And I remember coming home from that weekend and I was like, I ran, ran right into a brick wall. It's like, I can't think, I can't speak. I can't like, it was like, I literally felt like I knocked my IQ down by like 40, 50 points. Like I felt dumb. And, I'm, and I was used to feeling sharp. I was used to feeling able, like able to perform in my businesses. Mm-hmm. I was used to able to, I felt like I was able to went from like, Hey, I, I maybe didn't have everything figured out, but I felt good at least, or at least I thought I did to like, I am not okay. And that was my wake up moment. Cause I literally, I literally remember start. I remember I was, I was Googling, how do you fix your brain after doing too many drugs? What comes up meditation? And and it's so funny. And I, I literally have meditated probably 99 out of every 100 days all the way through for years and years and years and years and years now since that moment of like finding that because it's oh, become yeah? a staple of my life. And one of my one of my many, many practices that allows me to stay clean and clear and aligned. But that actually sent me on a whole different path because through that change and decision that, hey, I want to like start growing internally, like something isn't working obviously, because I am not happy and I am taking my life down a worse and worse path. Even though I have certain things going on that people would call successful, like Mm. certain things. But on the other hand, it's like, I don't feel so good because I've been running and, and it's starting to catch up with me. And that's how I started getting into personal development. And it's like, I started joining. I remember not that long after that is like, I was hopping into like my first ever high ticket mastermind. And that was like a whole different, and that was just like a straight personal growth, high ticket mastermind. But it was like, it was like my eyes were finally being opened. Like, whoa, what is this? These guys are talking about something different. And it, that was like, there was such an interesting path of like, I went from like quitting bit, quitting the job, going all in on the commercial real estate business to like getting into personal development. And then I started applying personal development to the real estate business. And there's different elements of personal growth. I think personal growth is a very blanket term. There are elements that get you really, really good at ladder climbing. And then there's elements of it that I think sometimes, and I think there's a bit of a gap in the industry, honestly. I think a lot of people train how to be good at ladder climbing. I think a lot of people talk about healing, but if you don't do it in my experience, and again, I I spent over the years, I've spent probably, I don't know, half a million dollars on different coaching programs and masterminds and, and events and all this stuff. And I was looking for something that would finally be like this. How do I have my cake and eat it too? How do I be successful and feel good too? Because I, I, I applied a lot of this stuff I was learning in the personal growth to the real estate business. And next thing you know, a couple of years later, it's an eight-figure real estate business. I'm like, wow, this stuff works. This stuff's amazing. Hmm. What What kind of personal development things do, do you mean you were applying to your business? I'm curious. Yeah, man. I think a lot of the stuff that helped me grow my business. Um, not too far into my personal development journey, I came across a guy named Bob Proctor. Okay, I was wondering where he came in. I was like, I remember yeah, you telling me about that a while back. And I, and how I he and it was so cool. I remember I was out there out in California in Palm Springs with my girlfriend at the time. Her name is Sophia. And her and I were out there with one of her best friends named Victoria. And Sophia and Victoria and I were out in Palm Springs. And I'm seeing these two women interact. And this is still relatively early in my journey of growth. And I'm seeing them interact. I'm like, 
wow, they love each other. They got each other's backs. They're challenging each other. They're, they're like having deep, honest, vulnerable, real conversations. Huh, that's interesting. I don't think I really have any friends that I do that with. And I, and it was like a moment of like, wow, I want that. And I don't have that at all. All my, all my relationships feel like they have this back to this layer of this. There was a facade of success in front of me that also kept people out. I couldn't have any real relationships because I wasn't even interacting with people as the real me. I had such a guard up and such a safety net. And I was going through a period of growing out of that. And I remember I see these two interacting and I, I like make a decision. I'm like, I want relationships like that. By the end of the year, I'm going to have relationships that look like that. And this was like summer. And so I said, and I, and I wrote down, I remember I wrote down this goal. I'm going to have like loving, vulnerable, authentic connections with people by the end of this year. And a couple, and a couple days later, we're still out in California and I'm listening to this Tony, Tony Robbins podcast. And you know how Tony is, right? He's yelling at you. He's yelling at you. Oh, yeah. You got to take massive action. You got to take yes. massive action with his big Tony voice. Yep. And this light bulb went off in my head. I was like, oh, I guess I got to do something about that if I, if, I want, if I want it. And pretty much simultaneously with that, I remembered a guy had posted about Bob Proctor in this Facebook group back in Canada because I was living in Canada at the time. Okay. And it was like this, this Facebook group of a local networking group for real estate, actually. And he had posted about Bob Proctor in it. And I had seen it months prior and I never did anything with it. But all of a sudden I was reminded of it. And oh. for some reason, my intuition said, reach out to this guy. Okay. So, that's, so, so I it wasn't sat down like somebody told you about it all of a sudden that day. No, no, no. And I sat down and write, wrote out a message in California to this guy and said like, hey, you don't know me, but I would love to take you for coffee when I get back to Canada. Hold on to Bob Proctor? No, no, no. To this oh. guy who had posted about you got Bob posted. Proctor. Okay. I was like, in, oh, yeah, that that <laughs> not right. Damn, this dude's bold. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I love it. You know, one time I D I I emailed, I emailed Eckhart Tolle to get on the podcast. And yes, you did. it didn't work out. But hey, I went for it though, right? I like it, man. Yeah. Hey, you just keep sending it. Eventually, stuff like that does work sometimes. Oh, yeah. That's man. A, so I, that's I a cool about thing. It, that's the cool thing about life is like, it's amazing how different things open up when you're willing Dude. to put yourself out there. Yes. Yes. Okay. So back to you, ask this guy for lunch. So I asked this guy for lunch and long story short, he worked for Bob Proctor. And I ended oh. up taking one of, one of Bob's programs through him. And that's kind of what Bob's model is. He has a lot of people trained in his philosophy and they actually coach his programs. Oh, okay. So that's actually how I ended up taking Bob Proctor programs and going to that. That's where I set the goal in that program to grow an eight figure real estate business. And it was crazy. The things that happened to put that together, that was like, there were miracles happening literally to, to make that happen. And that we could go, we can go deeper into that if you want. Depending yeah, I was about to say, I was like, you mind? I'm it. like, I'm good on time. Like if you, if you want to go okay. ahead and like, cool, dive into I'm, ha I'm happy nothing. to jam. I got, yeah, I got plenty of time too. All right. Perfect. Perfect. So I remember, so that the, the real estate business was starting to work. It was like, I had had a, had a seven figure, had a seven figure project on the go, had another seven figure project that I was like, just getting going on. And it was like, okay, you know what? I want to go for it. I want to, I want to have like an eight, it was, it was actually, I want I set the goal. I wanted to go way bigger. I wanted to do like a $30 million project. Ah, oh, project. Got you. Got you. Yeah. 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 
And I set this goal and back to, and this is really interesting because you'll notice another piece of my story and starting to come out. And this is a different piece of it. Well, let me, let me just tell it to you. Okay. okay so the real estate business, I had, I had an end up partnering with my father and a partner he had worked with for a long time on these commercial real estate deals. They had worked together for a long, long time. They had done some commercial real estate in the past. And I saw an opportunity there. And basically I was like, I'll come in, I'll be the young guy, I'll do all the stuff. And I want you guys to like, give me your connections, give me some insight. And that's, that's what I've been running with so far. And it was like, it was starting to work. And I had this vision to go bigger. And I remember I told my father about this new goal. I was like, I want to do, and I had a specific piece of land in mind. And I'm like, I want to do this. And he's like, I don't know. It's like, that's, it's quite a bit of money. It's like more than what we like, how, how are we going to get that money? How are we going to, I like leave that to like the bigger guys, like the bigger real estate developers. Like okay. we like, like that's a little bit too much. And this was your dad. Yeah. Okay. I, rem- I remember having this conversation and it was like, oh, well that's kind of sucks considering I'm taking this coaching program and it's like my whole like goal on the coaching program. And then I go talk to one of uh, the realtors we were working with and he was a top realtor in the city I was working in and looking at doing this project and like very top commercial realtor. And I asked, start asking him about it. He's like, I don't know if that project's going to work. It's like, it seems like it might be a little early for that area. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, so my dad, this realtor, none of them think it's going to work, but I'm in this program. I got this goal. They're telling, Bob's telling me if I, if I can see it in my mind, I can hold it in my hand. Yep. Yep. Bob, Bob Proctor. Yep. Bobby P is giving me the goods. And I did, and it was amazing because there's something that flipped in me that started believing that. And it was one of the first moments that I started not choosing to view, to view my dad as a human instead of this guy that I was putting on a pedestal that had it all figured out. Ah, so you just started seeing him for as he is rather than how you thought. Well, it was, I started seeing through the veil a little bit enough to hold to, this is what I want to create, even though you don't believe in it necessarily ah, or okay. don't believe in it as much as I do. Gotcha. And I held on to this vision of, I want to do this project. A couple months after I set this goal, nothing has changed. Still, no one believes in it except me. We haven't done anything. There's no money raised. There's no land bought. There's nothing. But I'm hanging on to it. Still and believing. I'm, I'm still believing. And I'm out in... And I'm on, the, on this personal development kick. I'm st- the trajectory's taken off. And next thing you know, I'm out, out in Florida, out in Palm, West Palm Beach at Date with Destiny with Tony Robbins. Okay. So that's the one that if anyone's seen the I Am Not Your Guru on Netflix, yeah. that's, that's the event that he films that at or did okay, film so that that's at. that's that event. That's, right. the, that's the five-day event, like his signature flagship back when he like was- Like 100 hours person. a day. Like it's, man, it's, it's literally, you, you don't sleep. It's, it's nonstop. It's a while. I've heard so many stories. I have yet to go, but it's definitely something I want to do. It's fun, man. It's really fun. So I'm out there and it's about a couple days into the event and I'm walking through the crowd and we're like on a break or something. And this guy walks up to me and says like, Hey, are you from Saskatoon? And this is the city I was living in, in Canada at the time. I'm like, yeah. Uh, why do you ask? He's like, I am too. I saw, I saw you on the plane. I'm like, huh? That's interesting. We get to talking. He says, like, what do you do? I say, I'm a commercial real estate developer. What do you do? And he's like, 
well, I'm a commercial realtor. I'm like, <sighs> oh, that's interesting. <laughs> nice. And yes. then where'd that go? So we get to talking and I'm like, well, I got this crazy goal, this idea. I might as well tell a guy at the Tony Robbins event. And I start talking to him. And all of a sudden he's like, you know what? That's interesting. I got, let me go back to you on this. I got like some guys I work with. I got a mentor I work with. He was a relatively young guy. And he's like, let me, let me talk to him when we get back and let's stay in touch on this. And Interestingly enough, we're him, his mentor, and myself, we're all going to a real estate, commercial real estate conference in Whistler, Canada the next month. Ah, just like so, that. Just like that. So we meet up out there and they come to me and they're like, I got all these ideas. We got like, we got like all these different tenants you would need to put together a big project like that, like McDonald's and um um, shell gasoline and a number of big, bigger Canadian companies that like you would need to put on a multi eight figure real estate project like that, a commercial real estate deal like that. And next thing you know, I'm taking this information back to my father and my other partner. And also they're like, Oh, maybe we could do this. Ah. And long story short, about four months later, a bunch of stuff comes together and we're buying the land and we're doing the deal. And it's like that, and that's like, that is an example of, I was applying the stuff that Bob teaches to climb the ladder faster, which was amazing. Like what a gift that I was able to go, like take the leadership in a partnership where I'm with two 60 year old guys and I'm in my twenties and I'm supposed to be like the junior guy. And I'm like, no, I want to do this. We're going to do this. And, and somehow we found a way and it was, and there was parts of it were that were like borderline miraculous. Like what are the odds I meet the guy? that I, that I meet the guy in Florida, but I mean, you start learning Bob Proctor's stuff or you start learning how powerful your mind is. And it's not that big of a surprise. And I, and I'm sure, you know, very much about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So there is one thing that you and I talked about on our last call that I found very interesting. And I would love for you to kind of, you know, dive into that a little bit more was uh, you shared with me these like, there's like these levels, right? And it's like, there's an animalistic part of us, right? Mm. And like you were yes, sir. like, you know where I'm going with this. And there was, and the reason why, because when you said it, it rang so hard for me because uh, growing up, I was like at, I think I was four or five. I was four or five when I first started exploring what the heck sex was, right? And I remember I got caught my very first time, which made me feel horrible about myself. And then growing up, I was very um, shameful about that, right? About, dang, I'm like this really sexually driven person. I'm like, what, what the heck? Like, I feel so like, you know, going through high school and all of that feeling wrong. And you were saying we, as we grow up, we tend to make parts of ourselves wrong. Yes, sir. Right. And, so, and that's, and that's, so you got a story around that me being molested at four, I had a big story around sexuality. And that's one example of many things that we have desires. It's like, it's like sex isn't a bad thing, but, but society, I think a lot of people get the message from society. Sex is a bad thing. And I think sex can be used in ways that are destructive or creative, course. but sex itself is part of life. We didn't, we, none of us would be here without sex. It's a wonderful thing. And 
that's one example of we have all of these desires and some of them are a little more wild. Some of them feel like they're bad. And I think a lot of the time we make them wrong instead of figuring out when is it appropriate to use? When is it not appropriate to use? Where should we use it? Where should we not use it? And this goes back to the conversation we had. I think a lot of people end up shoving parts of themselves kind of into the basement of their subconscious. There we go. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, because we go through these different phases in life. And I think this is what I shared with you. I think we'll, we'll go into it again. Like we d- go through these different phases of life. And the first phase is kind of, at least in my experience, is kind of wild. It's like, that was, that was, it was popping out everywhere. It was like, it was the crazy phase. It was the wild, young, ego-driven phase of drugs and alcohol and chase as much money as possible and as much, as much sex as possible, all this stuff. And it was kind of making a mess in my life. And it kind of came to a head at that Coachella. It was like, wow, I am not okay. And in that moment, I made a decision that I'm going to straighten up. And I went from the wild man to the nice guy, the, the mm, do things okay. properly guy. I'm going to, I'm going to clean things up, stop drugs, stop alcohol, get, get, I'm going to, I'm going to get connected with, with my spirituality. I'm going to, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do these things properly. I'm not, I'm not going to treat women poorly. I'm going to, and I had all these rules came in and it, those rules, I tell, let me tell you, they were a w- whole world better than the mess I was making in the wild man phase, in the ego driven phase, because I wasn't making the mess anymore. I was because tri- in that ego driven phase, I didn't care what I didn't care about you. I didn't care about anyone. I cared about me. Mm-hmm. And I saw that it was causing pain for others and it was causing pain for me. So I went into a different mode of, okay, I'm going to do things properly. Mm. And Hey, what a, what a great thing to stop being, trying to fill the gap I was feeling by using drugs or alcohol or sex to get there. What a wonderful thing, but I replaced it with something new. I'm going to be good. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get up early. I'm going to do personal development. I'm going to do things properly. And I think this is where a lot of high achievers end up is they, they get sick of the bullshit of not having enough money, of being out of shape, of drugs and alcohol and what, whatever that thing is for you that is not working. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to do things properly and I'm going to find a way to succeed the right way. So I think. And in that moment, we shove this wild part of ourselves down into the subconscious because it's not going anywhere. You cannot get rid of part of yourself. If you make part of yourself evil, it's just going to go in the basement of your subconscious and you start leaking energy and you start going to make these successful things. You start going to do this thing you want to do and you can kind of do it, but it's, man, is it tiring? Oh, I got to get up again. Put in another 50 hour week, 60 hour week. Oh man, I got a lot to do today. I got a big checklist. Feels like a lot of effort. It's a lot of effort, man. Because you got a checklist to be the to be the the good person, the good boy, the good girl, the back to perfection. If I'm perfect, then I'm doing it right, and that perfect it's a formula. I'll just try, I'll just check things off the box. I do personal development. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to work out. I'm going to going to get engaged. I'm going to 
have an eight-figure business. I'm going to have all the check. The box is checked, man. And there's more to it. There's a lot more to it. And I think a lot of people don't talk about the more to it. Yeah. And that's, I feel like, um, well, for me, at least this next, like that next level of life, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, like you said, it's like, and like, I, like I said, I can be very, I can say like, you know, I'm very, uh, this resonates with me because I personally did all of those things. And for me, it started with weight loss. So like, as you know, a part of my journey was losing the 91 pounds. But now that I look back at it, that weight loss came because that weight loss came out of the most ugliest place. I was like, I hate that there is a part of myself that is so addicted to uh, like just destroying himself. Because my life was like that was my wild phase. It was horrible, and a lot of it was was with food. Yeah. And do you feel like a lot of entrepreneurs stay there? Like, is there another phase of like development or whatever we're gonna like? whatever words we're going to be using for this. Yeah. And I would, I would say, and you could, you go, you'd call it the wild phase to the doing it properly phase, but there's something beyond properly perfect perfection because perfection isn't really perfect. It's hiding something. If you're trying to be perfect, you're hiding. Oh, so is, is what I've learned in my life. And I lived it for way, way, way too long. And it caused me all sorts of pain and subtle pain because now you're keeping up this facade of, I got it together. I got a big business. I'm a leader. I, I speak on stages. I'm successful. I'm in shape. I, oh man. And now who do you talk now? Like it's, it's a lot easier to ask for help when you, when you're willing to admit that things aren't working, it's really hard when you're keeping it all together because you got it all together. So you say, um, like damaging that image of yourself. Yeah, man. Yeah. And and the only way to get to this next phase, which I would call integrated, you're living a truly aligned life. You're actually clear on what matters to you. You're actually feeling clean and clear mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. You accept all parts of yourself and you actually get them into alignment to create something greater. And that's, how, that's what it looks like to be integrated. And mm. I started entering, entering this phase of life when I realized, and it was another really difficult point and it is like i think a lot of the time i think a lot of time like people talk about it's like you hear that hear the whispers right it's like i know i'm supposed to do something but i don't know and then if you don't listen to the whispers sometimes it gets a little louder maybe you get a little tap on the shoulder and maybe if you don't listen to that then you kind of get a slap in the face and if you don't want to listen to that they might take you this spiritual two by four up the side of the head and that oh, and it's somewhere between a slap and a two by four Another one woke me up because at that same Tony Robbins event, um, I was with, <laughs> it's funny. So I was dating Sophia at the time. And at that event, another kind of moment, light bulb moment for me is like, I want to marry this woman. Well, light bulb moment for her was, I think I'm done with this guy. <laughs> oh, so that was another like two by four, right? Yeah, man. And it was amazing because that shake up, it was like, I am not living authentically with myself. I want to start a personal development business. I want to start mentoring people. I want to start helping people because this stuff, even though I didn't have it all figured out, I was obsessed with it. I loved it. It was helping me when I talked to other people about it. It was helping them. It was like, it was my truth. I had finally found something that I was great at, that I loved to do, that I couldn't wait. 
I would, I would pay money to do it. And if people like, let alone start a business out of it, I was paying money. It's all I, I was working five or 10 hours a week on real estate and I was focused. Here's a theme. Here's a good theme. It's like, I don't actually want to show up to my real estate business. I don't actually want to show up to the restaurant job. I'm doing what I need to do in the most efficient way to get it done. But I'm only showing up because I feel obligated to. Not because I want to, because I feel obligated to. Because mm. if I show up to my obligations, then I'll be successful and then everything will be okay. Or at least I can pretend it will be. So if you have that supposed to energy, that obligation energy, chances are you should probably- pay Chances are you're in trouble. And I'll put a caveat on that. I mean, if you're making 500 bucks a month and you got to pay the rent, well, get some, get your ass together. And that's where the Gary V and the Grant Cardone and the hustle and grind and get your shit together is wonderful. Cause yeah, yeah it has its, place. it's like, get it together. Let's go, let's go make five grand a month so you can pay the rent. But what gets you from A to B does not get you from B to C. And what gets you from survive from not survival to survival will not take you from survival to thrive. They're very different mm. things. And I think a lot of achievers take that grind and hustle mentality all the way through to like, okay, now I'm making 15K a month. I'm making 30K a month. I'm making 50K a month. And I'm still acting like I'm trying to survive because I'm running away from my pain because I'm not actually aligned because I don't know how to live an integrated life. I'm still trying to be perfect and keep it all together. And I really, I, and, I, and I might even logically understand that, but I don't know how to change it. And that's where I came to a point. Ah. Mm. So you keep saying this word integrated, right? Yeah, it's an integrated life. So like that animalistic part of yourself, right? These other parts of ourselves, those wild desires that are a little out there or whatever that is, right? Can you give us an example of how you have personally integrated one of these parts of yourself? Just so like we, I don't know, I, and me, I'm just genuinely curious in what that looked like for you. Totally, man. I think it's, it's a really interesting question. And I think anytime you have a desire or an emotion or a feeling and you ignore it, instead of pay attention to it and make it wrong, instead of make it curious, you're going to get into trouble. And it was like, here's an example of like a desire I had was, and it doesn't have to be something that wild. It can just be something opposite of what's in the direction of your goal. Yeah. Or what's opposite of what's normal to like other people. What's right? normal, what's in the direction of what you think you're supposed to be. The post, that, that energy. There we the go. facade that you're keeping up. And I'll give you a really simple example because it doesn't have to be something wild. Like I had these crazy wild sexual fantasies and like it could be, but I'll just give you a simple example to start with. It's like, yeah. I was working my ass off working like 50, 60 hours a week trying to grow my businesses. And I was exhausted. I needed rest. I was not, there was something that was not working. And I was ignoring that part. I was ignoring the part of me that said, man, something's not working. Something's not right. Something's not working. Something's not right. I was getting the whispers and I was in a business partnership at the time. Mm. And here's another, another part of my story that you'll see. First, I thought I needed my dad for success. That's not what he told me, but that's an, a belief I adopted somewhere along the way. It wasn't the truth. It's not what he would have told me, but it's somewhere along the lines. I took that on. You convinced yourself. Yeah. I convinced myself. I can't be successful without him. And then when I finally started, and then finally it's like, so boring out of back to Sophia and I, we part ways at that point. And, okay. and one of the first things that comes up for me 
is like, I need to start a coaching business. I need to. And, but I'm a little bit afraid. So I'm going to start with a partner. Mm. And there was some good, he was, hey, great. He was an amazing, he is an amazing guy. Still great friends with him. And it wasn't really my truth. I was just afraid. And it was another lesson on the spiral, spiral staircase. First it's, hey, let's not be a doctor. Let's go into business. Okay, let's, let's, uh, let's quit the restaurant, the restaurant job. Let's go full stream in the real estate. Okay, let's, let's, you know what? Real estate, even though it's now I just got my eight-figure project, you know what? I got I to get into coaching. But there was a subtle compromise in all of those. A subtle compromise. And there was another, there was another version of that subtle compromise. And I'm working, 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 and things aren't really working in the coaching business. I mean, sure, we did great in the, like, by all standards, objective standards, we started. So I ended up starting working with Bob Proctor. Okay. So the guy I was partnering with, his name was Graham. And that's Graham when, and I. That's when you started doing coaching for the first that's time. That's when I started doing coaching for the first time. Okay. All right. And I, I would have called that, that was coaching. We were talking about mentorship a little bit, you and I, prior to the call. And I would say mentorship's a little bit different than coaching. But that's when I started coaching, started okay. teaching people things that I, that I had kind of learned had lived a little bit and Graham and I partner up and we're like, you know what? We're, and, and we're both high achievers, both like he had a successful company. I had a successful real estate business. Like, no, we're going to send it. We're going to get into Bob Proctor's inner circle. And I was like his top 1% or whatever of, of consultants. There's like 30 okay. of them. And I think yeah, two per, top 2% because there's about 30 of them at the time. And there's about 1500 consultants and you had to like get a certain amount of sales. And it's like, okay. you got extra training with Bob and you got all this, and it was like, hey, yeah, this is what we want to do. And six months later, we did that. And I thought, again, it, like I thought it was working, but, and parts of it was, it was like, that's amazing. Yet I still, I remember I was, I had just gotten in Bob Proctor's inner circle. This is only like five months after buying the land to do that big real estate project. I had just, Sophia and I, we ended up getting back together and I just proposed to her. And I'm at this external high. Everything's working. The real estate, the coaching. Sophia and I are back together and engaged. I'm in the best shape of my life. We're traveling the world. And I've, it's amazing because I was at one of the lowest points of my life internally. I was bankrupt because I had, it was just, even the coaching business, every single piece of it, even though it was heading in the direction of more and more alignment, I didn't feel good inside, man. I did not. I felt internally bankrupt. And it was, and what do you do when you are, have everything that you thought you wanted and you still don't feel right? That's a big problem. Oh, like a lot of yes, people sir. find themselves in that position. Yes. It's really, really tough. Or, and often we think the solution is more, Oh, okay. If I just, I just got, and we, and we still, so we set another goal as high achievers and we start running again. And we use that as a nut, just like I was using drugs and alcohol to numb out. Then I used work to numb out and we start running after our new goals. And then I use personal development to numb out. And I start, Hey, if I just climb the ladder faster to the next crazy goal, then I'll finally feel okay. And back to talking about living aligned, you cannot live aligned when you're ignoring parts of yourself because there was a part of me that was exhausted. There was a part of me that didn't feel good. There was a part of me that needed some healing. There was a part of me that needed to express things and, 
here's the example. So from the business with, with Graham, it was like part of me, well, that was, it was a great start. We got in Bob Proctor's inner circle that something wasn't working. It didn't feel right. Didn't feel right. And I wasn't connected enough to my truth. I wasn't clear enough to know that for a long, long time. Even though it was true, I had whispers, but I didn't hear it loud enough. So I had to wait for probably a slap in that one. Actually, no, mm. I'd call it a two by four because okay. not that far in. So that's not working and it's not working so bad. And I have, actually, this is a great part of my story. Real quick, when you say it's not working, internally, you're not feeling right. That's what you're mean. Internally, right? I'm not feeling it's right. It's working. Externally, it's working, but not working like I know it should. Oh, Okay. Got you. It's, got you. It's got a little bit of a, it's a little bit rocky, like everything. It was like, I was trying to build, I kept trying to build hundred story skyscrapers and I'd get to the 50th or 70th floor and then it'd start crumbling down again. And I'd try to build it up again and it'd crumble down again. And that's was, I was so exhausted because so much of my energy was spent build, 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 because I kept having to fight this disintegration because I wasn't building on a foundation of alignment. Hmm. So I was always fighting. These things weren't really working. It was kind of working, but not really working. And it's stressful, man. And it got to a point where it was like, things weren't working at the level I knew they should be. I didn't feel fulfilled, even though I had all the things I thought I needed to feel fulfilled. And I got to a point that was so low, man. I remember I was in uh, back in Florida in Palm Beach and I was on vacation. I'm at the top of this hotel, about 25 stories up. And I'm looking over, looking out at the ocean. And all of a sudden I look down and I have this thought, you know, it'd be easier to jump off this building than to keep going the way I'm going. Wow. And I start, and I start entertaining that thought briefly. And I literally scared myself. I had to back away from the edge because I didn't trust myself. Wow. Because I was so busy running after the next thing. And then that wasn't working. And and again, man, I wasn't, I wasn't aligned. I wasn't clean and clear and connected. And it was, it was sucking the life out of me slowly, but surely. And it was so hard because I had, I wasn't willing to talk about it with anyone. Even the people, the few people that I would talk about it with didn't really seem to have a solution for me. And it was hard, man. It was a, it was an ugly season. Mm. Now, one of the things is I know, you know, what you're currently doing and you help, you know, entrepreneurs with this kind of work, right? So I know that you, you know, have a process, a framework of your own. What do you work on when you, whatever you feel comfortable sharing, what are the, what's like the totally, things man. you focus on when you get a new client and like, what's your direction with them? Yeah, man. I think, I'm, so I've been saying these words clean and clear and aligned a lot. And I think that that is a big part of my work is I take people through a process of you cannot get to the point of aligned and integrated when you have elements of your life that are not clean and clear. And what I mean by clean and clear, I break it into different categories, physically clean and clear, mentally clean and clear, emotionally clean and clear, even spiritually, there's an element of like, you got to get right. And until you get aligned in all those areas and actually understand what the process looks like for you. And it's not the same for everyone. There's certain directions you can go. And I think a lot of people understand the basics of like, Hey, I'm going to be more clean and clear. If I don't do drugs, than if I do drugs, I'm going to be more clean and clear. If I eat healthier, I'm going to be more clean and clear. If I work out a bit, 
But there is a very specific way of doing that. And I think it differs for every single person. And to yeah. find that right path of clean and clear in all those categories. And again, is the spiral staircase. It's like, okay, well, I kind of knew emotional stuff. I went from an emotional zombie to like, I can be emotional and, and have emotional conversations. I can have intimacy in my relationships, but I still hadn't really learned how to navigate my emotions at the level I needed to, to reach the next level of integration. And integration, that is the, you start realizing that integration is a game that never ends. It is not a checklist thing. Because mm. the purpose of a goal, and, I, I, and again, I knew this stuff intellectually, man. Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, they both say something along the lines of the purpose of a goal is not to get, it is to become. It's not to check the box of I caught it. It is to go for it to become someone new to mm, see what see who you need to become in the process but i didn't i didn't know that in an embodied state mm. i just knew that intellectually i didn't live that so integration really quick just so you know the listeners understand if you can just put what integration actually is and i guess you know in your own words of course one or two sentences yeah man it's a great question. Yeah. There's so much that goes into living an integrated life. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'm going to start by telling you what it's not. Okay. It's yeah. not, it's not rejecting parts of yourself. It's not ignoring your feelings. It's not running and working 50, 60 hours a week and ignoring your family life and your mental health and your emotional health. It's not, it's not trying to prove something. I feel like when we know what it's not, we have a really good idea of what it is. So what it is, exactly, man. But what it is, is it's accepting all parts of yourself, not just intellectually, not just I pretend to, but you actually, because the subconscious is a complicated thing, man. And I think you know that better than almost anyone. Is like, it's one thing to say, I, oh, I know I'm supposed to accept all parts of myself. Well, how do we actually do that. That's a, that's a practice. There's a, there's a depth of understanding. You might even understand it logically how to do that, but do you actually live it? There's, like, there's lots of people who, how do you get in better shape? Well, you, well, if you want to lose some weight and get some bigger muscles, we'll stop eating so much and go to the gym. It's not that complicated yet. People struggle with this. Well, how do you become more integrated? Like, it's like, there's elements of it that it's like, logically we get, but there is a nuance to the practice, mm. but what else I think a big part of integration too, is we get enough clarity and enough connection that we know what our truth is. And it, our truth is not something that is like this thing that we can put on the wall. And like, this is my truth. It is a moment to moment, real life experience of, I know what to do next because I am clear and I am connected. Wow. And from that place, you can start living life of like, I know what my next step is toward my grander vision that I'm starting to get more pieces of, but I'm not so attached to it because I'm not trying to prove anything, but I'm heading in this direction. And I know it's rooted in, and again, this is, it goes back to like, there's a, there's an element of understanding. And I think a big part that people maybe get logically, but don't really get at an embodied level of if you are not rooting your life and your vision and your goals in love, growth, and contribution, you're going to start running into some issues. Because those are fundamental principles of how this whole universe is wired up. 
Let's say that and again, it, growth. Love, growth, and contribution. If you are not rooted on love, growth, and contribution, you are building on a foundation that will crumble. But this is the thing, man, is we can intellectually agree with that all day long. I intellectually would have agreed with that when I was 18 years old and drinking and doing drugs and using sex to, to feed my ego. I would have agreed with that. Those, those are good things. Yeah. But I didn't live it. I would have agreed with that when I was running my coaching business and newly engaged and having my real estate business and doing things properly and living perfect. So I was trying to tell the world at least, even though I wasn't. But the truth of it was that my actions didn't embody the amount of love that I should have because I was so busy working and being depressed and being stressed that I wasn't present for my new fiance. I wasn't there for my family. I wasn't really living them at the level I wanted to, nor was I growing or contributing at the level I wanted to because I was still trying to run from pain. So these are fundamental principles, but to actually live in alignment with them is a different thing. But as you get more and more integration and you start living not the ways that the unintegrated person lives and not, certainly not back in the, in the wild phase. And I don't think many people listening to this will be in the wild phase. I think a lot of people will be high achievers. Yeah. I think a lot of people will be it's like, I, th I thought I was doing it right. And it's like, mm -hmm. you are, you're doing it great compared to 95% of the population, 98 or 99% of the population. And there's more. Yeah. The journey doesn't end. And another big part, and I think where you end up in integration is you start feeling like you are lit up. Like it's like Warren Buffett says he tap dances to work every day. It's like, I heard that when I was 14, 13 years old that I wanted to do that. I actually tap that to work every day. I don't do things out of obligation anymore. My business is not an obligation. My real estate business is not an obligation. My coaching business, my mentorship is not an obligation. I do them out of joy. And if I don't want to do it, I check in with that. Is that a part of me that's like, is that's afraid? What's going on there? Oh. And there, there, or am I, or is there a piece of alignment? Like, is there a partnership? Is there a direction I'm heading? Is there, but how do we know these things if we're not clean and clear and connected? You can't, you cannot discern what part is the problem. You can't tell if it's, oh, I just didn't sleep that well, or, oh, my emotions are off, or, oh, I'm just momentarily in fear and I need to actually, or, oh, I haven't connected with my friends, or what is this thing that's in the way? Well, you can't find that if you're completely disconnected. Mm. And you cannot be very connected if you're not living integrated because you're ignoring a big part of yourself. You're pushing a bunch of parts of yourself down, getting them out of the way, just so you can run faster at the goal. So you can finally feel okay. But even when you hit it, and we all know this from experience. Yep. yep. Once you hit it, you, what you, you're happy for a week, a day, a couple hours. And then, oh, is this it? Okay, I'll set another goal. <laughs> yep. And oh, man. I'm not saying to stop setting goals. Goals are great. I got, there's a metaphor I love if you want. I can share it around this concept. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, it's a, it's a metaphor that I got from a mentor I worked with years ago, but I've since built upon it and shared a little bit differently. So it's called chasing the white rabbit. And imagine you got a dog. You ever had a dog before, man? Yeah. It's been a while, but yeah. What was your dog's name? Rebel. Let's go with rebel. We're going to go with that, that dog. Cause the cool, the cool dog, favorite dog. Rebel. So 
you got Rebel and you're out there with Rebel and you're playing catch with this white rabbit toy and you're throwing it back and forth. And you got Rebel and say you got another another dog and this other dog's name is Buddy. So you got Rebel and you got Buddy and you're playing, you're playing catch with these two dogs. You're, you're babysitting Buddy for your friend. And, and you're throwing the white rabbit toy and Rebel and Buddy go chasing after it all the way. They're just booking it down, down the grass, out in the field. And Rebel's way, way faster than Buddy. So he catches it every single time. And, and you got playing for half an hour and Rebel's catching this rabbit every single time. And Buddy is not catching it. Yet he keeps chasing. And every time Rebel comes back, he drops this, drops this thing at your feet. He wants you to throw it again. There is so much wisdom in what's going on there if we actually pay attention. First of all, Rebel catches it every time. He gets his goal every time. Buddy never gets it. Yet they both are excited to run every time. They both wag their tail all the way there and all the way back. Here's another piece of the lesson. Rebel gets it every time. What does he can't wait to do? He runs back to you and drops it at your feet because he wants to go again. Mm. Two big lessons in here. One, let's wag our tail at the goal the whole way. Because even once we catch it, even if we're rebel and we win every time, all we're going to want is to bring it back and throw out a new goal and chase it again. Exactly. But the problem is, is until we've started living an integrated life, we're probably chasing the rabbit with our tail between our legs, feeling stressed, feeling burnt out, ignoring critical pieces of our life, like our physical health, like our emotional health, like our mental health. We're letting our relationships fall apart. We keep building on this crumbling foundation. We're wondering why we get to the 70th floor and it starts falling out again. And we're always busy and it's not seemed to be working and we feel obligated to our work. And because you're not wagging your tail. You don't actually tap dance to work every day. You don't actually enjoy everything you do every day. And it's not that everything needs to change. Some things might. And it's back to its nuance. Some things might need to change, but some things might be how you're approaching what you're doing. Probably a combination mm. of the two. Mm. And the only way to find out is through doing the work. Doing the... There is... It's you got to do the work. You got to get into the, a practice and you start looking at it as a practice too. Mm, yeah. Because it isn't More a checklist. I start, I, I just, I just shared this with some of my clients yesterday. I think it's one of the best frames I can give you for living this way. Stop looking at your life and your goals as a checklist. Start looking at it like a treasure hunt. Hmm. Yeah, hell yeah, man. Just the energy you get from the, that perspective shift alone. Yeah, man. Beautiful. Now, one of my last questions for you, brother, is I don't ask this to everybody, but I asked it to the last, my last guest. And now I'm just like really curious as to what it is for you. What would you say your one, your one to two top books for you that really, you know, had a profound, some of the biggest impacts on you? and one to two podcasts that you like if you if you listen to any kind of podcast or anything like that like mm -hmm. what's what are you listening to parker no that's a great question and it's evolved a lot man oh yeah and i know i when i get asked this question i'm like man it's kind of on the book part too well it's evolved a lot and it's evolved 
even more as I've more and more stepped into alignment and connection, my life is not led by my plan anymore. When I talk about the treasure hunt versus the checklist, the checklist is my plan. If I am truly connected, I am tapping into my intuition. And I'm getting a plan that is coming through me. I'm getting a plan. That's root, and I'm getting a plan that's rooted in true love, growth, and contribution. I'm not getting my plan because my plan probably has a lot of personal gain and personal running from fear in it. I'm getting a plan that is rooted in love, growth, and contribution and serves me and the world. Wow. Damn. That was, um, that was powerful because I actually have, and I talked about it with you a long time ago, the entire business plan is sitting in my, sitting in my, um, in my docs. And it's something that came through me during a, during a meditation. And it, it was yeah. something I would never do. I never pictured myself doing something like that, but it came yeah, through man. and it felt so goddamn good. And I was yes, like, sir. oh, just thinking about this was really good. And it was not my plan. And it's crazy because like, as like weeks go by, I get like another piece of it. I'm like, oh, that'll be cool too. But nah, it's like, and so like that right there, I like paused for a second because I was just like, huh, there's a plan that clearly came, something I need to pay attention to. So I appreciate yes, that. Sir. I'm glad. I'm glad. And it, it, that sums it up. And you will get, and this is very, very common. You will get pieces of a vision that are way greater than you could ever accomplish on your own. Yet things can seem to fall together. You can accomplish 10 to 100 times as much with half to a quarter of the energy when you're actually aligned and connected and working on a plan, the plan, but not your plan. Like that or not your plan alone. And this goes back to alignment. Can you have personal desires? Of course. I want a relationship. I want to make more money. I want to be in better shape. Wonderful. And if you do that from an aligned place, from a yep. plan that you are waiting for, and you'll get pieces of it, and you'll also have to stay paying attention. And this is one of the biggest flaws I think we run into, man. Personally, I've, this has gotten me in so much trouble, is we get part of a plan, and then we attach ourselves to the plan, and we get fall in love with the plan. We start running a million miles an hour at the plan. And this is where I was with the coaching business. The, new, the new, newly engaged, the Bob Proctor's inner circle, the big real estate company. And I'm running a million miles an hour at the next step of the plan. And I was so busy running that I wasn't paying attention to what was. And in my lack of paying attention to what was in the present moment, because I wasn't clean and clear and connected, I was running off cliffs that I couldn't even see, except it was starting to manifest in my inner world. It was starting to manifest in my relationship. It was starting to manifest in my mental health. But I couldn't see that was the problem because I was so busy running. Running, yeah. Because I was so busy checking the list. Because if once I finally get there, then I'll be able to, then I can relax. Like, well, it's more than that. So back to your question on books, it's like, honestly, what books I read now is very much based on what I am getting called to in the moment. Oh. It's intuitive. My life is led by my intuition. You cannot have fulfillment living from the head up, from the neck up. Yeah, 100% agree. You, got, you cannot have fulfillment living from the neck up. We have a heart. We have an intuition. 
Most people got it flipped. They're living completely from their head. They might have a little bit of a heart and they don't even know what their intuition is. We want to lead from our intuition. Are our head and heart enemies? No, they're wonderful, but they're not meant to lead. You lead with your intuition. You have a heart, you connect with it. You use your head to solve problems. It's way different. We need to start living from our intuition. We need to start living from a place of connection, but we cannot live from a place of connection and then actually have real clarity that's rooted in love, growth, and contribution until we do the work. But so back to your question, it's like, well, some like what's one of the books that I that I am benefiting from reading most right now? Well, this is what I used to read. This is called The Hidden Power by Thomas oh, I heard Trower. About that one. It's amazing, man. I used to back when I was in Bob Proctor's inner circle, we would read this with Bob all the time. It was we'd read and we'd read the same chapter over and over and over and over again because there's so much depth to it. It's amazing. And also it's not going to do you much good unless you're feeling called to it. Exactly. Or it, or it won't do you as I shouldn't say much good. It won't do you as much good as something else might that your intuition leads you to. Because my intuition could books. lead me to a completely different book. So I think like, hey, like there's so many amazing books, like back working with Bob, Think and Grow Rich was hit. I'll share it. If you're, if you're curious, I'll share his favorite three books. Yeah. Go, yeah. Go ahead. So Think and Grow Rich, As a Man Think You, and You Squared. Both of all three are amazing books. I've read all of that, all of those, but You Swear. I haven't read You Swear. And they're all amazing for different reasons. And I'll also put a caveat on, on, on those. I was reading those and I was getting better at ladder climbing, not getting better at living an integrated life. I wasn't living in alignment. I wasn't very connected. And I was creating more and more quote unquote success and feeling more and more internally bankrupt because I was running from the shadow. I was running from my shadow. That's back to what we were talking about at the beginning, man. We have these parts of ourselves that we push into the shadows because we're so busy either avoiding our pain and that's often manifests in again, like the, like the, the wild phase, the ego-based phase. And then we're avoiding our pain by being good and doing things properly and being successful, but we're still doing it because we're avoiding pain. Mm. And then we get to a point where we're not in so much pain or we're in less and less pain. And we're actually doing our plans out of a place of connection. We're doing up our plans out of a place of, it's not just my plan. It hits a lot of the boxes that get me excited, but from a place that actually leads to love, growth, and contribution in the world. And when you start following that plan, things start working on a way different level, man. Because that, that coaching business that I was struggling to for a long, 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 long time, that I was struggling to get it to work the way I wanted to, I had a specific amount of money that I wanted to make. And I had this idea in my head of how it was supposed to be. Once I actually got aligned, I did, I did what I thought I wanted to do in a month, in a week. That's how it works out, huh? That's how it works when you're actually living in alignment. And guess what? I didn't have to struggle that week. It was a fun week. It was a, it wasn't effortless, but it wasn't effortful either. I was doing mm. my part and I was yeah. allowing it to happen out of joy, out of love for what I was doing. And it's a way different way to live, man. I would say one of my biggest takeaways from this conversation is just paying attention to where you're acting from where that energy is at. And like, personally, for me, that was very big. So, man, this has been a beautiful conversation, Parker. Like, shit, I feel like we can just go on for hours, man. But at the end of the day, we do got to put a cap on this thing eventually. 
So I wanted to go ahead and ask these two questions to you that I ask to every single guest. And uh, that first one is, well, really quick, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, because I can imagine they're going to want to, right? So if somebody wants to get in contact with you, reach out to you, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you? And I'll be sure to have include all of your links in the show notes below. Appreciate you, man. And I would say like, I'm not a hard guy to reach. Add me on Facebook, Parker, J-A-Y-P-A-R-K-E-R-J-A-Y, Parker J. Add me on Facebook, friend request me. I'll accept your friend request. We can start a conversation. I'd love to talk to anyone who hears this. I think there's a lot of people who try to be like Mr. Guru and I'm hard to access. And it's like, I just want to help people, man. Yeah, I'm here. exactly. I'm here. If someone's got a question, I'm here for it. So reach out to me, friend me. I will. I would love to talk to you. Beautiful. Well, guys, you heard it directly from him. All right. So I'll include his Facebook link, all of those, all of his links below. Now, um, back now to those two questions. Who do you know that I should know and bring onto this podcast? Mm. How do you think I get such a good guest, man? That's good. That's a good word. I would say two guys come to mind. Um, Bucky O'Neill who's amazing, man, expert in transformation. He's, uh, he's actually helping me get set up. It's another piece I'll mention. I'm, uh, I'm going to start running events this year and do a lot of this work we've been talking about in an in-person setting where we can move through a lot of integration that would normally take months or years in a day. Mm. Oh, I'm going to start running events this year. And if anyone's interested, just reach out to me. I'd love to have you out. Yeah, I'm about to say, definitely and, get into his and, world. And mm-hmm. he's actually my mentor for running events. He's been running events his entire life. He's a, such an amazing guy. And he is actually one of my mentors for how I'm setting up my events. Ah, but he's a, he is absolutely Well, you already awesome know. Guy. I want to I be one of the first to hear about that. So definitely let me know when, that's, when all that's coming out, man. Yeah, man. Come okay, on out. So Bucky O'Neill, beautiful. You said two names are coming to mind. Yeah. The other guy is Lucas Rubix, friend of mine met him through uh, Traffic and Funnels, which is actually how you and I met as well. And he's a really, really cool guy. He's been, uh, been in the coaching Lucas game Rubik? for a long, long Lucas Rubik's been in the coaching game for a long, long time. He's also, uh, he's also a fellow former Canadian like I am. I, we never got to that part of my story, but I moved to Nashville earlier this year and I've never Love been him. happier in my life than living in Nashville. It's been amazing. And he also got out of Canada. I think he's currently booting around Mexico and kind of being, being a, an entrepreneurial nomad, but he nomad, is, just, yeah. a, he oh, is yeah. just a w- wonderful, amazing human being. I think you two would have a, such a oh, good conversation. Dude, thank you so much. Thank you so much, man. And last question here. If this, there was 60 seconds left for your experience, right? And 60 seconds left in your life and you knew that was it. What would be your final message? to the world that you would just want to get out? Stop trying to prove something. You don't need to prove that you're enough. You are enough. You are loved. And do the work that it takes to connect to that. Because anything that you're creating in your life that is born out of pain will just lead to more pain. And there is a way to actually feel love, to actually feel enough. And then from that place, on that foundation 
of love? Can we go to a place of growth and contribution? Of course, create the biggest things in your vision. In fact, just like Adrian was saying earlier, he's got this vision that's so big that I can't even fathom creating it. But you can create it when it's based in love, growth, and contribution, and you've gotten yourself out of the way and you just let it happen through you. Let life happen through you. Stop trying to force it.